Elizabeth came into my orbit when she was an undergraduate. She was at that point in her life where people are expected to be doing all these first half of life things. You're figuring out what you're going to do with your life and such. Her dad, Joe, was the founder of an accounting soft software company. It was a company that uh, their software I used that when I was working for McGladry way, way back in the day. And they sold that company for a bazillion dollars during the dot-com boom. They sold it to Microsoft. And they were set. So there is this archetype, this expectation about how the story goes. What no one expected, Elizabeth included, was that on an April evening, her mom, dad, her little brother and sister all died in a plane crash when she was 16 years old. They were going on a trip that she decided not to go on. Tragedy breaks the archetype. It breaks the rules. You and I, we live in a Newtonian worldview of cause and effect. And we throw in a lot of Plato with those archetype, archetypical expectations of divine perfection that's somehow reflected in our world. And so we expect, we expect things to go a certain way, to follow a certain path. And if, we do, and if things don't go that way, we look for the problem, what went wrong. Because if we can identify the cause, we can avoid it. It's very logical. It makes sense. It gives us a sense of control. Religion does this. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Jesus' disciples asked, Who sinned so that he was born blind, this man or his parents? Causality. We expect it. If something doesn't go a certain way, we want to know the problem. The medical hows and the theological whys. Why was this man born blind? Whose sin was it? And how did Jesus respond? To, think about it. How did anyone? He says, neither. That's not how things actually work. Why did Elizabeth's family die? You and I, we, we exist with this expectation of causality. And if we're being honest, Christianity became more influenced by Plato than by Jesus. You see, Christianity, it became a system. Most people think of Christianity today as a, a system of rules, of doing the right thing. And over the years, we, we classified a, a system of sins, uh, have, having venial and mortal sins, with the whole idea that God is angered by our sins, so we have a sin management system for apologizing, Maybe feeling bad and starting over. Wash, rinse, repeat. We developed a system of repentance 
it doesn't really change a person's heart. It's, it's, it's more like taking a periodic bath and just starting over. But the truth is that Jesus didn't work with systems so much. He worked within them, yeah, but he didn't really seem to want to start a new religion. Jesus accepted that life, life is tragic. Now, I know I've been on kind of a kick with ancient Greek words these past few weeks, um, but the ancient Greek word for tragedy means goat path. It's, it's like Odysseus being blown all over the sea, coming close, but never really reaching the place that he wanted to be. Jesus accepted that life is a, a goat path, that it just, it just goes anywhere. You can wake up. You notice a lump that will change the course of your life. Officers show up at your door with the worst news. Life is not an archetypical path. It's tragic. It's a goat path. And that's what Jesus knew. Jesus went one night to eat with a Pharisee. Someone who disagreed with him. But just because he knew that they disagreed, it didn't stop Jesus from having dinner with him and talking, having a relationship. I think there's a lesson there, too. As he entered the Pharisee's home, he took his place at the table. Meanwhile, a woman woman from the city, a sinner, discovered that Jesus was dining at the Pharisee's house. She brought perfumed oil in a vase made of alabaster. Standing behind him at his feet and crying, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured oil on them. When the Pharisee, who had invited Jesus, saw what was happening, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. He would know that she is a sinner. One thing you've got to know about Jesus is this. Jesus is never upset with sinners. He only gets upset with people who don't think that they are. Own your stuff. We talked about this last week. This woman isn't even asking Jesus to do anything, really. And yet she's being inappropriate, boundaries. And at that moment, this woman does not have proper boundaries. So after testing his disciple Simon with a pop quiz, Jesus forgives this woman's sins and tells his Pharisee host, This is why I tell you that her many sins must be forgiven, or she could not have shown such great love. The one who is forgiven loves little. If all you're doing is sin management, nothing really changes. You never really get to a point of deeper love, of second half of life kind of love. And if you're stuck in some kind of mindset that if you're not perfect, then you are doing something wrong. If you're stuck with that mindset, I have good news for you. Because life 
Life is tragic and it has nothing to do with you. Life is unfair and that has nothing to do with you. You, you can play the game by the rules without making a mistake and still lose. This is the goat path life that Jesus knew. He doesn't teach universal rules that can be systematically taught. That's what religion wants, not Jesus. And yet the, the scriptures are full of rules. This is true. There are 613 alone in Torah, the, the first five books of our Bible. And, and people will do this whole thing. They, they will. I had a colleague do this to me a couple weeks ago. Say, well, the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. And I, was, I, I chuckle on it and I try not to roll my eyes. Because you know what I see? Forgiveness. Human beings have broken all the rules, the instructions, over and over again. And God always forgives. Even to the guy nailing his hands to a cross, Jesus prays, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And every time that God forgives us, God is saying that God's own rules do not matter as much as the relationship that God wants to have with us. The rules are less important than the relationship. And you can see why Christianity should never be a national religion, really. Because living in Jesus' way means that Rules are less important than relationship. And, and it's really hard to have a rule of law with a way of living that does not accept that one size fits all. So Elizabeth was never going to get an acceptable answer to the question of why her family died that day. And I could be of no help to her there. What I did see, though, was a young woman who learned to forgive. To forgive herself for living when those she loved did not. To forgive God for this tragic, unfair world. Forgive people who would ask her to explain why she thought she lived or to explain how she could go on living. And in all of that forgiving, Elizabeth came into her second half of life questions at a very young age. She focuses on healing relationships and healing people today as a psychologist. Forgiveness led her to devote her energy to healing relationships. Relationships are more important than rules. And yet there is always a, a, a lure to the rules, the archetypes. Humanity has always preferred the universal, the answer that settles the debate and resolves every question, even when it's not true. May God allow us 
to grow into that deeper love of Jesus, to appreciate the uniqueness and the potential, even in human disorder, sin, and failure. And may God forgive us so that we may learn to love like Christ.